is in memory of David Wicks, by his loving family. I think I mentioned in the past, David was a student in the yeshiva and uh, killed tragically in an accident in uh, New York City. Uh, he was an exceptional person. I've spoken about that also on other occasions. And uh, so exceptional that it's hard to, hard to forget. This is the parashit, though, if you learn the book of Shemot, you're teaching Shemot in a school or kids, and so you divide it up, right? There's the part about Yitziat Mitzrayim, and then the part about Matan Torah. So Yitziat Mitzrayim is Shemot Ve'era Bovashalach, Shemot Ve'era Bovashalach, Yitziat Mitzrayim, you could say that, right? And then Matan Torah is Yitro and Mishpatim. But if you have Yitro, what role do they play, these two parashiyot? So we know that Yitro, last week's parasha, is um, the parasha of Aseret Adibrot. Aseret Adibrot, that sounds like Matan Torah. Whereas the parasha of Mishpatim is about a collection of laws, not uh, none of whom are very interesting, and most of whom are like some more interesting than others. Uh, for example, the laws of evidivri. I mean, you know, you could be interested in that. You could hope that uh, there won't be too many slaves, uh, Jewish slaves, Jewish slaves for Jews. You know. So uh, how would you divide it up? So when I look into it, I see this. The Ramban and other Rishonim, the Ramban says that the whole Torah from Bereshit Bara Elokim until HaChodesh HaZelachem. HaChodesh HaZelachem is the first mitzvah that Am Yisrael as a community received. Kiddush HaChodesh. Why? and what, how they did it, and what was happening. Okay, that's a discussion for another occasion, but fortunately, it's not, not this week's parasha, so we don't have to talk about it. But from Bereshit Bara Elokim, until HaChodesh HaZelachem, the Jews had the Torah. They knew all of that. They knew all of that because they, they knew the stories about Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Yosef, they knew who they were, and they knew what they did. So in a manner of speaking, they received that part of the Torah as an oral tradition. When that part of the Torah became written down, it's a little speculative, but I suppose that at some point Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it down, and it became part of what we call Torah Shebichtav. So that's the first part of the Torah that they received that B'nai Yisrael received. The second part of the Torah that they received, in my, by my estimate, is here in, in, in the Pasuk, it says, Shmot Perk Tetvav Pasuk Kafei. If you look at the second source on the sheet, Eitzakel Hashem, Vayoreyo Hashem Eitz, was there's this problem with water, which we don't want to get into right now, but there was a problem, you know, the Jews, 
they they get annoyed easily. They didn't have they didn't have something. They said, "Oh, the whole thing is falling apart." You know, this whole Yitziat Mitzrayim gambit that Moshe Rabbeinu told us we were going to be very successful at. We don't even have, I mean, we don't have Diet Coke, but we don't even have water. I mean, you know, that's really terrible. And the second half of that puzzle, of that puzzle that I just read, is like a non sequitur. It's about something else. Sham sam lo, sham sam lo, choku mishpat, v'sham nisau. Sham sam lo, choku mishpat. What's chok? What's mishpat? I mean, I don't really know. I don't really know. I mean, you can imagine that within uh, law, there there could be divisions. Some laws could be called chok, and some laws could be called mishpat. I don't know exactly what they are, but if I look at Rashi, I look at Rashi, Rashi, like who kind of formulated my way of thinking about things, right? you know, that's how we learn the Chumash, you know, sometimes we're children, we learn Chumash with Rashi. We don't even distinguish between them. So what did Rashi say? Rashi says, you see it here, it's here, Bimara Natan Lahem Miksat Parshiyot Shel Torah. Mara is where they were before they got to Sinai. You have to just remember where we are, right? Shmot, Peretedva. That's Bishalach, the parish of Bishalach. Remember Shmot, Ve'erebo Bishalach? Those are the parashiyot of Yitziat Mitzrayim. Then Yitro Mishpatim, those are the parashiyot of Matan Torah. Yitro is the parasha of the Aseret Hadibrot. So Rashi said, Bimara. That's where they were. Rashi just reminds us. They were in a place called Mara, which was where they were before they got to Har Sinai, after Kriyat Yamsuf. They were in Mara. Natan lahem Torah. Isn't that interesting? Natan lahem, somebody. Who, who, who is the antecedent? Who, who do you think the. Uh, uh, who's the antecedent of Lo, Sham, Sam, Lo? There, God gave to him, to Moshe Rabbeinu, Sham, Sam, Lo, Chok, Umishpat, Bisham, Nisau. Let's forget about Bisham, Nisau for a minute. But Chok, Umishpat, Chok, Umishpat, that's big. It was before Matan Torah, there was a Matan Torah. This is already the second Matan. The first Matan Torah is the Torah that they knew orally from Breshit until Achodesh Zelachem. The second Matan Torah is whatever they got at Marah. Sham Sam Lo, Choku Mishpat, Choku Mishpat. So Rashi says, Sheyit Asku Bahem. Yit Asku. What does that mean? Yit Asku Bahem. Nobody knows. You know, you can't know anything like that. We don't know what the Torah really means, but we do know that when Chazal invented the bracha on Talmud Torah, what was the word they used? La sok. That's what you do. You osek bidirei Torah. That Torah is special because Talmud Torah is not about uh, 
achievement in terms of kilograms. How many kilograms of Torah did you learn? But it means being creating a, a world around the Torah in which you live. Rashi says, the Rashi we're looking at, the Kaddish Baruch Hu in Mara thought that Bnei Yisrael before Matan Torah needs the Torah. Needs, needs a little Torah. Here's a little Torah. So what did they get? According to Rashi, Shabbat, Paraduma, Vedinim. I'm not interested right now in the list of things that they received. Let's stick to Shabbat. Right? They received Shabbat. They received Shabbat. Now, what do you mean they received Shabbat? What do you mean they received Shabbat? I remind you, I remind you, uh, if you turn, the, you turn the page over, I'm not responsible for the order. Shmot Rabbah Parasha Aleph. Shmot Rabbah. Shmot Rabbah is the, the Medrash on Shmot, right at the beginning. Right at the beginning. He, Moshe Rabbeinu, you know Moshe Rabbeinu, he was like an independent actor before he became, like, took the Jews out of Mitzrayim. He was here and he was there. He lived in the, in the, uh, the court of the king, but he was Jewish and he knew that he was Jewish. And he said, he said, Ra'ah, you see the, you see the Medrash? Ra'ah, she'ein lahem menucha. He saw that the Jews had no, could not rest. Halach v'amar leparo. He went and he talked to Paro, who was his grandfather, sort of, in a manner of speaking, like in a friendly manner. Who mate? He says, he's talking uh, a secular man to a secular man. He's talking to Paro. Paro's in charge of a big company called Egypt. And Egypt runs on slavery. I mean, they have like, they have, you have to power the company somehow, and they power it on, on slavery. Now, you want your slaves to be efficient. So here's Moshe Rabbein who came up with an idea, according to Chazal. And his idea to tell Paro was, Evet, a person who has an Evet, like a machine, to power the country. The machine is going to break down. You have to give it a day off from time to time. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. You don't know, if, you, if you take your, if you work your vacuum cleaner all day and all night, it's going to break down. Who mate? These your slaves, if you don't give them a day off, if you don't give them a day off, they're all going to die. So Paro said, wow, that's a really great idea. And, um, and because I'm going to get more, my results are going to improve, right? You know, today there are all kinds of companies that will measure the results of anything. But here, Paro said, that sounds right to me. Halach Moshe lahem et yom ha-shabbat lanuach. 
Shalom HaShabbat Lanuach. So Chazal, the intuition of Chazal, the way Chazal understood reality was that Shabbat always existed for the Jews. Right? Then you know that the Rashi, the Rashi in Breshit, Rashi Breshit, where we say Kiddush, I remember Kiddush Friday night, Vayivorech, Vayikadosh, both of those words are used in the Chumash to, 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 to try to describe to us the relationship between HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right, and the Shabbat, the seventh day, the day of rest. And Rashi says, there, it's not on the sheet, Vayivorech b'man v'yikadosh b'man. Vayivorech b'man v'yikadosh b'man. What does that mean? What does that mean, Vayivorech b'man? What do you think that means? I mean, you've all seen the Rashi. What, what, what does it mean? What does it got to do with man? Okay, I know that in the Midbar, in the desert, man was important for Shabbat. Right? And we know that, that uh, Hashem told B'nai Yisrael, Hashem told B'nai Yisrael, you're going to eat man in the desert. And on Shabbos, you're not going to eat, you're not going to make it. You're going to have it. And from that we ultimately understood, we understood that uh, the food we eat on Shabbos is not food that we cook on Shabbos, but the food that we cook before Shabbos, right? So that means according to the Midrash, according to the Midrash, the B'nai Yisrael knew about Shabbos, right before Matan Torah. And they knew about Shabbos in Mitzrayim. And they knew about Shabbos in Mara, In Mara, because Rashi says, Sham Sam Lo, Shabbos. And finally, at the end of the parsha of B'Shalach, the end of the parasha of B'Shalach, you have Shabbos again in the guise of man. So how many Shabbos are there? There's the Shabbos of Bereshis, there's the Shabbos of Mitzrayim, there's the Shabbos of Sham Samlo, and there's the Shabbos of the man. And we could add into that the Sukim in Bereshit in the first paragraph by Yavorech, by Kadesh, so Shabbos was part of the Torah that they knew before Matan Torah. And Shabbos was the Torah that they knew before Matan Torah, which enabled them, B'nai Yisrael, enabled B'nai Yisrael to receive the Torah. Because that's what Sheyas Kuba, and then the Rashi, if you go back to the Rashi, Rashi says, so the Maharal says, interestingly, you know, you could like think about it. In order to receive something, you've got to have it already. In, uh, I think I mentioned it. I mentioned it previously. That in order to receive the Torah, you have to like recognize the Torah. You have to feel for the Torah. You have to like, you have to know what it is. Right? You know, like if you get, the, you get presents from your grandmother, like what presents do you appreciate with the things that you like, the things that you deal with, right? So if your grandmother gives you a book, no good. If your grandmother gives you a new app for your phone that you never imagined you could get, that's good. Because that's what you do all day, right? You fool around with the apps and you don't read books. So, so that kind of person, he wants another app for his phone. So the grandmothers have not yet figured this out, but uh, eventually they will, I suppose, they will figure it out. 
So the Baral says, the Baral says, and uh, we'll see that the Ramban says something very similar. The Maral says, in order to receive the Torah, it has to be appropriate for you. It has to make sense to you. It has to be something that you desire. And so HaKadosh Baruch according to Rashi in Marah, made the Torah desirable. How? By giving us a little bit of Torah. By giving us a little bit of Torah. And that idea was already developed by the Ramban. Let's look at the Ramban and that idea. Sham Sam Sham Nisau. You see you see the Ramban on the first side of the page at the bottom. First the Ramban quotes Rashi. This is Ram, the Ramban's way. Then he said, He says, this is a quote of the, uh, from the Gemara and Sanhedrin. The Ramban. The Ramban says, It's a, usually a good question. Why didn't the Torah say here in this here in the Sham Samlo they they don't talk about the Torah doesn't mention these mitzvot. He says, why didn't the Torah mention it? What are we embarrassed about? I mean these are great mitzvot. Right? Shabbos and Dinim, I mean, these are really important, important things. And why doesn't it say, by Hashem Moshe Tzavet B'nei Yisrael, Kasher Amar, Beparshiyot Had Nizkarot Limala, Dabru El Kol Adat B'nei Yisrael, is that when God said to Moshe and to Aaron, speak to B'nei Yisrael, this is what you should say. That's like the, the language of the Torah. Say to them what I want you to say. That's what I call well, head here. Hear the silence. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't know if not for the Gemara. And then repeated in Rashi. How would I know that should, what the Sham Samlo re- refers to? Question of the Ramban. Question of the Ramban. Simple reading of the Pasuk. So he goes on and says, And that's how God introduces the mitzvot to us in the Oral Moed, Oral Moed is after what we call Matan Torah. Also, Mitzvot in Arvot Moab, that's the book of Dvarim, a lot of Mitzvot. Barvot Moab, or Pesach Midbar, Pesach Midbar, like Pesach Sheni, it's called. And Rashi's way of saying it, that they should involve themselves with it. He says, so what did Moshe Rabbeinu tell them? He says, here's, here's something about Shabbos. Now God is going to command you to keep Shabbos. But right now, I'm just telling you what he's about to command. Now listen to the Ramban. You ready? This is the important part. So take note. 
על הדרך שלמד אברהם אבינו את התורה. הרמב״ן אומר, that uh, the Avot knew Kol HaTorah Kula. Now what did they mean? What did Chazal mean? It was not like the fantastic, but how did they know that? How did they come to that conclusion? Oh, the Rabbanis did this. So oh, they do the whole Torah. What for? Why do they have to know the Torah? But what difference does it make? After all, Torah means a response to a command. So Avram Avinu was commanded Lech Lecha, and he responded. He responded, but he wasn't commanded about Shabbat. So what, what, was the, what was the point? What was the point? So the Ramban says, the Ramban says, Zeshamar, uh, ולדעת אם יקבלו אותם בשמחה ובטוב לבב. How does that sound? In other words, the command in the parasha of Kitavo is that you should accept the mitzvot בשמחה ובטוב לבב. So in order to know whether the people, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, would accept the Torah joyously, they gave a, a Kodesh Baruch Hu allowed them to intuit what the Torah demands, right? And that's what the Pasuk means here when it says Visham Nisau, raised him up. Raised them up, the B'nai Yisrael, the Am, the Am, She'od Yitzavein B'mitzvot, that there are more mitzvot to come. So according to the Ramban, according to the Ramban, in order to be, to accept the mitzvot, you have to know what that means. It's not as though God is going to give you the mitzvot and you can think about it. God will give you the mitzvot when it's certain that you're going to be in it, into it. When you'll accept the mitzvot, you accept the charge, right? So how is it that you're going to be prepared for accepting the charge of doing the mitzvot? By doing the mitzvot. And not all of the mitzvot, but at least some of the mitzvot. At least some of the mitzvot. So now, we get to we get to our parsha. Get the parsha mishpatim. The parsha mishpatim starts with the pasuk ve'ela mishpatim asher tasim lifnehem, and then there are a lot of mishpatim. Not all the mishpatim, but a lot of them. A lot of, them, for example, as we said before, psukim uh, about slavery. Psukim about slavery. Laws. The laws of slavery. Okay, so let's look at the at the Rashi. Ve'ela mishpatim. You see the beginning. The pasuk says ve'ela mishpatim asher tasim lifneihem. Rashi explains every word, every word of that pasuk. It was important for Rashi. Kol makom shenemar ele pasal et arishonot ve'ele mosif al arishonim. So Rashi is telling us an interesting 
I mean, I don't know if it's grammatical or syntactical, or some word like that you have to stick on to that comment in Rashi. And what Rashi is saying is that if the word in Hebrew is v'ele, that means that we're adding to something that was previously stated something new, v'ele. So Rashi says, these, these are the ones, right? Not those, but these. That's how Rashi understands it. Pasala derishonim. Ve'ele mosif Ve'ele means not only those, but also these, right? Ma'rishonim isinai. Ave'ele misinai. So what are the rishonim that are misinai? Misinai. The only thing we know that's from Sinai is part of the Aseret Debrot. That's what happened in Yitro. Chazal say they didn't hear all of the all of the Aseret Debrot from Sinai, but they heard the two two Debrot. That's what they heard at Sinai. So just like they will be Sinai, those two, the Eile are also me Sinai. However, the idea of Rishonim, okay, I mean, so, so this, this is, uh, uh, we have to recognize this anomaly. We think generally that B'nai Yisrael, I mean, I take that back, people think generally that that the uh, Torah was given to B'nai Yisrael at Har Sinai. But that is not so accurate. What was given to B'nai Yisrael, to B'nai Yisrael entirely at Har Sinai was the understanding that God could give Torah to the people. The way they understood that the way they each understood that was they participated in the uh, they participated in this relationship to God through the Aserita they wrote. Not all the Aserita they wrote, just two of them, but they knew that God was giving this Dibrot to them, to them the community of Israel. And therefore when Moshe Rabbeinu came down later on and said to them, here's the, here's the rest of it, they believed him. They believed him because they knew that Moshe Rabbeinu was the reason that they had received the two Dibrot to start with. That Moshe Rabbeinu was the cause somehow. They were, they were with Moshe Rabbeinu in prophecy. They were, they were in the same place. They were in the same place. So the the, that's what uh, that's what the Ramban says. Uh, so now, uh, This is the third, the third, fourth, fifth, the fifth uh, wide line. Alder Chapshat, Kasher Echelu Lavoba Midbar Hagadol Hanora. Vitsima on Asher Ein Maim Sham Lahem 
במחייתם וצורכיהם מנהגים אשר ינהגו בהם עד בואם אל ארץ נושבת. I mean, the whole language of the Ramban is absolutely wondrous. Look at the words. Al derech apshat. If I had to explain, I explain pshat. Pshat means, like, what's going on? Al derech apshat. Kasher heichelu lavoba midbar gadol. They came into this great and oppressive desert. Vahanora. I'm reading the Ramban. I'm back in the Ramban at the bottom of the page. What? 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 Bottom. The bottom Ramban. Yeah, we didn't do the top Ramban. So he says, "Al derech apshat kashrei chelu lova mitbar hagadol vanorav etzima on asher ein mayim sham lahem bemechiyatam betzorchehem min hagim asher yinhagubahem ad boam eleretz l'shavet." So they were, they were in a difficult situation, the Ramban said. They were in a desert. They didn't have water. They were, they were feeling down. They were depressed in, the modern, in modern lingo. They didn't feel they were going anywhere. They didn't feel they were getting anywhere because they, they didn't know exactly why they had to go through this trouble again after going through all the trouble that they went through in, in Egypt, right? כי המנהג יקרא חוק. שם שם לו, רמב"ן says, חוק. The word חוק doesn't mean, doesn't mean a, a law, a rule, but it could mean also מנהג. מנהג, you see, a, a law is generated by a, an agency that produces laws. That's a law. But a minhag usually comes from the people. The people do it a certain way. People do it a certain way. That's why in different synagogues there are different ways of doing the same thing. Right? You know, something happened in this synagogue, in that synagogue, so the minhagim. Uh, people in different who come from different countries, as you see very, very often in, in uh, Yerushalayim. Uh, they do the same mitzvot, but a little bit differently. A little bit differently, even though today there is a, an attempt to get everybody to, to be the same, but they're not. So that's chok. Kenyan ha-trifeni. Then he goes, lechem chuki, he tries to explain that, right? So you skip. V'yikarei uh, mishpat. You see the, the, next, the next line, V'yikarei Mishpat, and when is a minhag called Mishpat, which sounds like a legal term, he says, no, he says, B'yoto Mishu'ar Kehogin. If you do the minhag in the proper way, like you know, everything develops a proper way of doing it, so if you do the minhag in the proper way, the proper way is called Mishpat. Bechen ko asa David, veko mishpato kol hayamim, ke mishpat arashod ashayitim mashkeyu. Again, these are all psukim which he thinks that will prove his point. Umishpatim, umishpatim. You see another, skip another line. I'm now three, four, five, six, seven lines from the bottom. Mishpatim sheyichyu bahem lahov ish et reihu 
We all know that there are the unre unwritten rules of life that are not necessarily formulated as laws, but things that we can agree about, that you should be nice to each other, that you should not uh, cause distress unnecessarily. And to go in accordance with the elders, the way they and sin'ah is an important part of tzniyut, is an important part of life, which for the women and the children, and the people who come, that's, that was common, you know, there's a camp, you're in the camp, and people come and sell you things, you know, it's like, like a train station in Russia. Vitochachot musar shelo yu lemachanot asholelim asher yasu kol toevavolit moshashu. And you should not. You should try to organize a society that people will be embarrassed about doing things that that are not uh, are not proper. Ucheinyan shetziva b'torah ki teitzei machaneloi becha. When you go out uh, to fight against your enemies, that's a time. I mean, being in the army is a time of fighting, not being in the army, but fighting uh, in a war is a time when uh, people tend to relax their standards, right? They don't live up to what they should. Etc. So according to the Ramban, according to the Ramban, Chokum Mishpat, Chokum Mishpat refers to the way of the world, the way that you should live, the good way to live, so that HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't just give B'nai Yisrael in Mara, didn't just give them uh, Shabbos, and we said we're going to call, we'll only talk about Shabbos, we didn't just give them Shabbos, which is you know, was really not uh, uh, the laws of Shabbos because they, they, they had Shabbos de facto and uh, the man was organized in a way that uh, the man was organized in a way that uh, it didn't, it, it told me something about Shabbos but it was not exactly a law of Shabbos. It was a law of man. So now we go back to the first Pasuk. In our parasha. So Mari Shonim Rashi says Misinai of Elu Misinai. Vulama Nismicha Parashat Dinim Le Parashat Mizbeach. Again, what's Parashat Dinim? The parashat Mizbeach, the end of the parasha of Yitro. The end of the parasha of Yitro, if you don't remember, you could check. It's about building the Mizbeach. And the beginning of the parasha of Bishpatim is about Dinim, about laws. So Rashi says, Lama Nisvicha parashat Dinim, the parashat Mizbeach. I mean, he, signed, he, he sees that, you know, this is what Chazal said, but there's an insight here. According to Rashi, Lomalecha Shetasim Sanhedrin 
Eitzel HaMikdash on the Mizbeach, right? That the Sanhedrin should have a place, right? In the in in the, in the Bayit Sheni, the Sanhedrin was in the Lishkata Gazit. There was a there were rooms around the Beit Hamikdash, and they had one of the rooms. The rooms was called the Lishkata Gazit. You know, the one that was made out of out of wood. Uh, so Rashi says Rashi says two things that just like we know that the first was Visinai, the rest was Visinai. What's the first that Rashi is referring to? Aseret Adibrot Harishon Visinai. What's the second that Rashi is referring to? Eila Mishpatim Eila Mishpatim which were sort of not from Sinai but since Bnei Yisrael knew that now that everything that Moshe Rabbeinu taught them was really from God. They knew that. How did they know that? How did Bnei Yisrael know that Moshe Rabbeinu... Later on, in the end of this parasha, at the end of the parasha, uh, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu says, you want to come and get the Torah with me? What did they say? It's like the, the, the dramatic moment of all time. What? They, they said no, right? They said, we don't, you go. You go, we're happy to stand there and wait, and whatever you say, we'll, we'll, we'll accept it. So, so that, that, how did they know that whatever Moshe Rabbeinu would say would be the Torah? From the first two. What? From the first two. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't oh, hear. From the first two. What does that mean? That's when Moshe was there, and they hear the first two from from Hashem, and Moshe's there, so they see he's the. Then they say, "You be the representative." No, they were all there, but why wouldn't they? Moshe's there. They're afraid to go up. Uh, maybe. I think I think that they knew that Moshe, and it was usually prophecy. Somebody comes and says, I'm a prophet. And so you say, okay. I remember in the yeshiva, I once had this, it was an actual case. Somebody came and said, you know, that he was a prophet. I thought he was interesting, actually. I, I had a weakness for people who were interesting. Or I thought were interesting. May not have been. So, uh, so somebody comes and says he's a prophet. So the Torah tells you how to deal with that. What are you supposed to do? You say, look, if you're a prophet, do a miracle. And then, uh, and then uh, if he does the miracle and it works out, you can say to him, well, do another miracle. You know, because there are all these charlatans in this, in this field, in this area of prophecy, we can't trust everybody. But at the end, even if he does another miracle, you only have an inclination that, but you don't know that he's a prophet. You know, like in knowledge, knowledge is very difficult to to buy. I mean, it's not so easy to to get knowledge about somebody. So, at the time of Har Sinai, where the way I say it, I think, which I think it's, it, it it helps a little bit, is that all of Am Yisrael were in Moshe Rabbeinu's head. And when Moshe Rabbeinu received the Torah of Aseret Adibrot from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, 
everybody was receiving it at the same time. They were all equal. It was, it was the only time, the only moment in history when you were absolutely certain that somebody was receiving information from HaKadosh Baruch And once they knew that, once they knew that, it wasn't so difficult to, them to say to Moshe Rabbeinu, you go in Har Sinai, and we know that you are the real McCoy, and therefore whatever you come and teach us, we will accept. And that's how it, that, that's how it worked. And that is how it worked. They saw him go into the cloud. What? They saw him go into the cloud. And so? If he went into the cloud, there must be something to him. All right. If that's good, that's good. I don't, I, I, I can't say, I, I'm sort of telling you what I think, like what I would like. I would like to know that Moshe Rabbeinu is bringing the Torah into the world. Now, how do I know that? Well, I know that only if I am a prophet with Moshe Rabbeinu. If, if, if his prophecy and me are the same for the, for the two Dibrot. So it was such a frightening thing that B'nai Israel didn't want to repeat it. But <coughs> they didn't have a problem believing what Moshe Rabbeinu said. Now, listen. That moment that if we understand it. At that moment. Everyone, everyone had right. that moment of prophecy. Right, right yes. Everywhere. That's what I think. That's what I think. I don't think I'm alone in, in this idea. It's not my original idea, but this is what I think. So now listen to Rashi. Rashi says, Asher Tassim Lifnehem. The second part of the first pasuk of Mishpatim. Amalu HaKadosh Baruch Hu LeMoshe. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said the following to Moshe. Lo ta'alel da'atcha lomar. Don't imagine that you can get away with the following. Lomar, to say. I'll go over it with them a couple of times. You know, like we're studying for like a cumulative exam at the end of the year. He says, He says, until they, they've got it straight, you know, like, got to get the, the pieces straight. That's what I'll teach you the Torah. I don't know what that means. But let's say, what Rashi means is that Moshe Rabbeinu says, I'm going to teach them the Torah more, I'll tell them what the, what the Pasuk says, and I'll tell them shot the Pasuk, but I'm not going to do the whole Torah Shual Peh. I'm not going to do all of that. So HaKadosh Baruch says, don't think you could get away with that. Right? According to Rashi, that's what the words mean which you will place before them like a shulchan you got to give them the whole thing whatever you receive that's what you've got to give to B'nai Yisrael we saw that the Ramban said Mishpatim has different meaning. The meaning of Chokum Mishpat before Matan Torah was different than the meaning of Mishpatim after Matan Torah, right? We saw also 
that there were mitzvot and Torah that Bnei Yisrael had before Matan Torah, like Greshit Baralokim until Achodesh Zelachem, and then the mitzvot that Achodesh Baruch gave to Bnei Yisrael in order that they should be able to accept the Torah and the mitzvot. Then we saw that the, what we call Matan Torah was really only the experience of of Kabbalat Torah, uh, of but it was not the entirety of the Torah by far. It was just two psukim that Bnei Israel received. Moshe Rabbeinu went up at Har Sinai 40 days and 40 nights and received the entirety of the Torah, but Bnei Israel blew it because they built the Egel Azahab, which we haven't yet uh, actually discussed. And then, for some reason, for some reason it would seem, it seems to me that in order to make Kabbalat Torah, the receiving of the Torah, like in order for it to take somehow, in order for it not to dissipate and fade away, B'nai Yisrael had to immediately build the Mishkan. Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai on, the, on Yom Kippur, right, that was the second time. The first time Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai and saw the Chet Egel. So, 120 days passed until Moshe Rabbeinu went up again for another 40 days, another 40 days to get, we don't know what. But he ended up with another set of luchot. I mean, the content he, he probably knew because he received that content the first time he was up on Har Sinai. So he received luchot a second time why he had to do it in 40 days, 40 nights, I mean, that's something to think about. It's something to think about, but apparently, I would say, or it seems to me, that building the Mishkan was necessary, a necessary uh, implication of receiving the Torah. Another way of saying that is that in order to, in order to keep the Torah, in order to be able to hold on to the Torah, that to do something majestic that was connected to the Torah. So everything in the Mishkan was done according to the rules that were promulgated by heaven. Right? Heaven told Moshe Rabbeinu how to do it. And here and there Moshe Rabbeinu had a problem and he had to consult with heaven. But that was like also uh, I mean we talked about it in, Yit in Yitro but that was something that that indicated something important about Torah, that there was ongoing consultation, that there were things that will always be unclear and have to be clarified. That's what happened in the in the in the building of the Mishkan. Building Mishkan there was a, a, a an effort by all of uh, B'nai Yisrael to build the Mishkan and there was an effort by Moshe Rabbeinu to be precise about the Mishkan that was going to be built. And this was all in protection of the Torah that was received. They didn't just receive the Torah, but they did the Torah. And so uh, if you remember the Ramban, the Ramban in Sham Samu Choku Mishpat, where the Ramban, the Ramban says Chok and Minhag could be the same. There's a way of doing things, right? But in, when there was a when there was a uh, Mishkan to be built, it had to be done very precisely. It wasn't done according to the 
imagined needs of the population, but it became, everything became halakha, became law. So I hope I haven't confused the situation too much, but all the points that we raised today are important for understanding about, uh, about uh, Matan Torah. And so have a good Shabbos.